0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast.
1: Hello there and welcome to the Bite Size Business Breakfast. It is a Friday. Happy weekend, the 13th of January. Coming up, big story overnight was inflation in the United States. It is coming down. Also coming down here in the UAE because taxi fares have been reduced in Dubai. Going to get lots of insight and analysis on this. Plus, staying with the economy. Pakistan's Prime Minister is in the UAE and secured a billion dollars worth of funding. What else can I tell you? So, in terms of analysis of that inflation data, we cross live to Chicago. Preston Caldwell is the chief US economist of Morningstar Research. He says the good news, if you're borrowing money in the UAE, interest rates are coming down this year, not going up. What else? Talking energy with Matt Stanley, veteran oil trader, and talking about the roadmap to COP28 here in the UAE with Stuart Fleming, the entrepreneur. He's the managing partner of EnviraSurf. All that to come. First up, though, let's take a deep dive on rising prices. <music>
2: Good morning, you're listening to The Business Breakfast. We're like the markets this morning. We are taking stock of the inflation numbers to come out of the US. It is what they call a good print, a positive print. Uh, For the first time in a year, we have seen core inflation actually decline. And for six months in a row, it has been trending downwards on an annual basis. We're not out of the woods yet. We are at 6.5%. The Fed, like many other central banks around the world, has a target of 2%. But it is moving very firmly in the right direction.
1: Let's get the thoughts of Daniel Richards, Senior Economist at Emirates NBD. US inflation data, as you say, the softest for a year. Have we reached peak inflation And what might that mean for the Federal Reserve and interest rates?
3: U.S. CPI inflation was in line with expectations in December as it slowed to a 14-month low of 6.5% year on year. So that's down from 7.1% in November and from a peak of 9.1% in June. Core inflation was also in line with consensus as it slowed to 5.7% year on year from 6% previously. So that's stripping out for more volatile food and energy prices. The latest print it does appear to confirm that inflation is very much past the peak now. It should continue to slow from here. And that slowdown will likely enable the Fed to further slow the pace of its rate hiking at its upcoming meeting, with 25 basis point move higher than most likely outcome compared to the previous 50, and indeed the 75 basis point hikes we've seen prior to that.
2: And the big question that we always ask, I don't think I finish a text message to Daniel ever, a WhatsApp <laughs> message, without saying, what does this mean for me? at the end of it which let's be fair is pretty much how I do live my life um, but it is what we do here on The Business Breakfast um, we are concerned about what this means for the UAE economy for interest rates uh, mortgages business borrowing and the rest of it this is Daniel's take
3: Our monetary policy does tend to move in lockstep with that of the US given the dollar dirham peg. peck So any moves higher from the Fed will be matched here. So ultimately, we do expect further rate hikes to come. We expect two more 25 basis point hikes, with a total further 50 basis point hikes to be added. So this will make mortgages and loans more expensive, while the dollar is likely to remain fairly strong for the time being.
2: All right. And of course, we have seen what's beginning to feel like um, a concerted effort to make uh, Dubai feel a bit cheaper. to to live in and to visit. We had quite a hefty petrol price uh, drop for the UAE last month and that came in at still getting used to which is December, which is January, which is last year and which is this year, by the way. (laughs) Uh, But it was in December. Uh, That was down by 16% from memory. Um, Other things have dropped in price as well. And taxis are the latest. On the meter, we are down 10% um, as of last night. That was the uh, the decision. It all adds up. Um, it all adds up and it all influences how you feel about going out and spending. If you think you're getting a little bit further, quite literally in some cases, for your dirham. We will look into those um, taxi price drops and discuss them in the show this morning. It's not the only local story that we've had, Daniel, commenting on, though. One that you've been covering, Uh, Richard, and indeed was doing an interview about yesterday, was the Pakistani Prime Minister's visit to Dubai.
1: Yeah, he's here, Shabazz Sharif uh, in the UAE for two days, yesterday and today. Big headline out of yesterday was uh, Shabazz Sharif on Twitter announcing that the UAE had pledged an extra billion dollars to help Pakistan. Now, the UAE had already pledged two billion dollars that has been rolled over and there's an extra billion dollars so three billion dollars in total we asked daniel to do two things first of all remind us why pakistan
3: needs the money and what's the motivation for the uae now in common with many emerging markets pakistan's finances have come under severe pressure over the past several years hit by a pandemic the inflation we spiked last year global monetary tightening and a very strong dollar In addition to that, you've also had those terrible floods last year in Pakistan that covered huge expanses of the country. So on the back of this turmoil, we've seen reserves have dwindled and the rupee has sold off, putting Pakistan in an increasingly difficult position financially. Now, these actions by the UAE and Saudi Arabia, alongside multilateral partners such as the IMF, should help Pakistan avoid a debt default this year. Given the oil windfall, GCC states have enjoyed this year over the past 12 months or more, they're in a strong position to be able to help their less fortunate neighbours. And it also makes economic sense to help trade partners through financial difficulties where possible. Pakistan's trade with the UAE hit $10.6 billion in the previous fiscal year and is expected to grow further in the present one, with cooperation in a range of developing sectors, including fintech and IT. And then, of course, there are also many Pakistanis resident in the UAE, around 1.6 million.
2: And that is Daniel Richards, Senior Economist from Emirates NBD.
3: This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast,
0: exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com.
1: Crossing live to the United States now for more on those inflation numbers. Delighted to be joined on the studio by Morningstar's Chief US Economist, Preston Caldwell, who joins us live from Chicago. Preston, thanks for being with us.
4: Thanks for having me on.
1: 20 past nine in the evening in Chicago. It's been a long day for you, so I appreciate you staying up late to talk to us. Looked like quite a soft inflation read, 6.5% on an annualised basis. Looking at the Morningstar reports, an overall decline of 0.1% in the Consumer Price Index for December. You're quoted as saying the report provides further evidence that inflation is normalising. What's going on?
4: Well, indeed. So, uh, on a month over month basis, prices overall declined by 0.1%. Um, and of course, most economists are focused on so called core inflation, with, which strips out volatile energy and food prices. And core inflation also increased by only 0.3%, which uh, confirms the, the lower grade of, rate of growth that we've seen in the pre, two previous months. And so, you know, averaging over the last three months, core inflation has averaged just a 3% annualized growth rate. Uh, you know, down from about a 6% average over 2021 through early 2022. So we're getting much closer to the the 2% target of the Federal Reserve, much closer to normal inflation.
1: And it's interesting, you know, some people might think, well, this is just a blip. Okay, December, a good month. But again, looking at your comments, you say the trend, the overarching trend has been emphatically to the downside. You're quite strident on this, Preston.
4: So it's been uh, three consecutive months now and the numbers are even more striking if we um, construct a measure that is core prices excluding shelter or i.e. housing prices and, and that particular measure has actually declined at a one percent annual rate in the last three months and so we're actually seeing deflation once we strip out housing prices and and not to get too much into the weeds here but basically the the housing part of the inflation index responds with a great lag compared to what's actually going on in housing markets currently so we're seeing housing prices and rents start to fall here in the u.s Uh, And eventually that will also be reflected in the housing component of the index and and bring down the overall rate of core inflation. But everything else is already um, uh, in, in deflation in aggregate. At Preston, the
1: reason we care here in the United Arab Emirates, our currency, the dirham, is pegged to your currency, the U.S. dollar. So when you raise your rates, we raise our rates, and of course they've gone up sharply in 2022. The question that our viewers and listeners are going to be wanting to know this morning is what's going to happen to rates therefore in 2023.
4: Just to preface, the the Federal Reserve is is still guiding for rates to be at at five percent in terms of the federal funds rate. At, at the end of 2023 and and markets are actually saying that's that's too high markets think markets think that the rate will be at about four and a half percent and and i actually think it'll be even lower than that um i think we'll see rate cuts start to happen in in the third quarter of of 2023 and uh you know the timing is somewhat uncertain but i think ultimately you'll see the federal funds rate actually even dip below two percent by 2025 which is uh, quite a bit lower than what the market is expecting but i think Uh, aggressive uh, monetary policy loosening in the longer run will be called for both by falling inflation and also a a slowing economic growth rate in the absence of loosening from the Fed.
1: Well, I hope you're right, Preston, because I've got a big mortgage here in the UAE and my interest payments are linked to the US dollar. But aside from my selfish interest in this. Have a listen to Esther George, who's the Kansas City Fed president. She was speaking just a few days ago on the US TV networks, and she's talking a very hawkish tough game on interest rates. She disagrees with you. She says interest rates going to 5% and they're going to stay there. Let's hear from Esther George now.
4: I'll be over 5% and I see staying there for some time. So I think this is a very different time. If you think about where we've been over the last two decades, we haven't had high inflation, we've had low rates. We're now moving into a very different time. And I think uh, for myself and for my colleagues, we understand that high inflation is gonna require our action. So we have been moving our forecast up uh, to higher levels. You saw that in the most recent dot plot that came out in December. And I think holding that until we get confidence that inflation is actually coming down is really the message we're trying to put out there. What do you think, Preston? Is she just bluffing? It, one thing people have to keep in mind is is that when the Fed offers this kind of guidance, it's it's really just a forecast. And like any other forecast, it can be right or it can be wrong. And And at many crucial junctures... Uh, in the last decade, when the Fed has given its its forecast, the dots, so to speak, um, it's actually been wrong in terms of where interest rates ultimately go, because the Fed will change its mind based off of the incoming data. And if you look at the Fed's inflation forecast right now, they're still expecting um, inflation to be at around three and a half percent in terms of core inflation at the end of 2023. I think that's much too high. I think we'll get down to about two percent by the middle of 2023. Um, And the market's moving closer to my view. And so if that more positive inflation outlook transpires, then the Fed will adjust the data and um, have fewer rate hikes in the first half of 2023. And and as I suggested, a strong possibility of actual rate cuts uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, Finally, can we talk a little
1: bit about fiscal policy, what the Biden administration is going to do about uh, taxing and spending money? We are almost in a presidential election cycle. Seems ridiculous, but it's what? 21 months away until the next presidential election i see from your linkedin profile that you've worked with barack obama uh, in the past what do you expect from the biden administration over the next 18 months in terms of fiscal policy stimulating the economy or cooling the economy
4: well i was a a minor campaign intern back in the day so i can't claim to be an insider but um i think the the biggest issue around fiscal policy to maybe discuss is is the debt ceiling so the u.s has a peculiar system where um you know, after Congress has decided the amount of revenue and spending it wants to enact, it also has to raise the debt ceiling to accommodate those budgetary plans. And uh, that's often been a, an issue of, of impasse over the last decade. And And it's quite possible with the Republicans taking control of the, of the House of Representatives that we will see such a conflict again in the future. But, you know, even if that does result in a um, you know, if, if the Republicans use that to force through a large decrease in, the, in the, um, the U.S. budget deficit, I don't think that would be um, a recessionary prospect for the U.S. because you know, ultimately the Fed could offset that by cutting rates even more. Right now we have rates well above zero, whereas back a decade ago we had rates at zero, so the Fed didn't have any ability to offset um, a negative fiscal shock.
1: Last question before I let you go. Anecdotal economics, 30 seconds on this. How does it feel walking around Chicago, living in Chicago? Boom or bust at the moment? What, what's your feeling on the ground?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm not much of a feeling guy. I'm kind of a numbers guy. Uh, so, sorry, I, I guess I'll just kind of segue. You know, one detail I, I really didn't cover in my remarks is, you know, what's driving the uh, downturn in inflation that we've seen in recent months. And there. And, you know, you know, I suppose you can see this out on the ground if you want to. Uh, we've seen uh, much more availability of, of goods, you know, from especially autos and other categories of goods, which are subject to all manner of supply chain disruptions um, since the start of the pandemic. And those supply chain issues are resolving. And that's an issue that still has another two years or so to play out. Preston, and that's we're why going to I have to leave it there. We're the I think Really appreciate your low. time this
1: morning. Thank you so much for your time, Preston Caldwell, Chief US Economist at Morningstar.
0: Catch up on the business headlines with the bite-sized business breakfast. Good time to be in the energy world at the moment. Uh, all sorts of opportunities. Uh, and this is our opportunity to uh, touch base with um, an energy expert on some of the big energy stories of the week. Uh, such a good time and to be in energy that he's un- unfortunately unable to join us live here in the studio but he does join us from his private yacht somewhere in the Mediterranean at the moment. Matt Stanley, Partnerships Lead of Middle East and Kepler joining us live on the line and live via Microsoft Teams. Matt joining us to go through some of the big stories uh, of the week in the world of energy uh, and none more so than the naming of the delegation at last night. UA naming um the Dr Sultan Al Jabra as president designate to the UN COP twenty eight climate change summit. He will be leading the UAE team. Any surprises there?
5: No, not at all really. I mean, you saw last week the announcement from ADNOC fifteen billion dollars investment over the next few years, um, supporting the green agenda. You know, the UAE have been have been drivers of this. Um and it's no surprise that his Excellency Al Jabra is gonna be uh, leading the delegation come uh, what is it, November, I think, COP twenty eight. It's you know it it goes hand in hand with a whole policy, the UAE energy policy, which is which is one of uh, you know zero carbon and investing in the future for, for you know uh, emissions and, and carbon cuts etc. But also it's um, it's balanced with one that the you know the UAE re- recognized that the the world needs energy, it needs fossil fuels. So it's a balanced view, and His Excellency is certainly one who can carry that baton with him um, very well.
0: Yeah, uh, and we will look in more detail uh, at the team that will be working with His Excellency, picked from a number of ministries and other uh, organisations. Let's turn our attention to other stories, Matt, uh, none more so than one that's affecting many out there at the moment. Uh, fuel, fuel prices in the UAE dropping, and therefore authorities here in, D- in Dubai announcing yesterday a reduction in taxi fares. Uh, good to see deflation story.
5: Yeah, it's always nice when the price of something goes down because rarely does it after it goes up. But look, I mean, you compare it to where gasoline prices were at the pump in July last year, you know, we're 40% lower today than where we were. Now, that's not that's not just a, a story in itself because crude oil prices, you know, the stuff that goes into the refinery to produce the gasoline is only down about 20%. Gasoline demand is, you know, gasoline prices are, are more lean towards um economic sentiment because obviously end user demand for a for a a gasoline product is 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 all to do with how many people are about and driving and how busy the city is dubai is extremely busy has been um but you know since we since we came out of the pandemic or on our way out of it um but yeah look it's it it, it's it it's very difficult to predict if that's going to maintain that path you know that trajectory of falling um but yeah Good, good, uh, a, a final good, good story for the end user there.
0: Let's get to stick with oil if we can. Morgan Stanley expecting the macro headwinds and the prospects of stock builds in Q1 of this year to weigh on the oil markets for now. The Morgan Stanley prediction that uh, uh, markets will turn tight in H2 on supply ceilings and demand recovery. Concur?
5: Nah. Look, they might they might have the same surname as me but um we've got different opinions there's no there's no affiliation do not worry um look it's there's a number of stories there the forecasting oil prices has been a nightmare it's never been easy but the last two years it's certainly been very very difficult um, because no one's really sure what's going to happen vis-a-vis a recession is that going to happen you know a lot of those forecasters have, have sort of pulled those concerns um Look, Tom, there's one thing that's going to drive oil and that's going to be what happens with China and what happens with the EU. China, Lunar New Year is coming up. You know, a record number of people are scheduled to travel. That will only pull up jet fuel demand, which will pull up the whole energy complex. And that crude will go with that, being the feedstock to produce the very stuff that people are going to burn to get around places. Um, EU, this is the big concern. And I mentioned this to Rich when I spoke to you guys a few weeks ago. Uh, You know, the eu bringing the ban bought in the ban regarding russian crude oil being imported into the eu that came in on the 5th of december oil product uh, the oil product ban so that's everything from jet fuel to biodiesel to to diesel um that ban comes in on the 5th of feb now last month the eu imported 80 million barrels of diesel as a as a as a continent 20 million of those came from russia now how do you replace supply like that I, I i do not know the market does not know but if you take for example if you want to buy a cargo from russia you got to find a boat you got to find a cargo it's about a month's lead time so that ship right now in the middle of january has literally already sailed mm. so this is the concern i can't see until data starts trickling in it could easily be a big spike up in terms of where people get their oil from in in, in the eu it's been mild there there's a cold snap coming Uh, I I think it's way too aggressive of any forecaster to look at anything in the second half regarding forecasting right now.
0: Talking about forecasting, let's head stateside if we can, where the US Energy Information Administration, the EIA, uh, revising down their 2024 forecast for global Brent crude oil prices. They did that earlier on this week uh, with good reason.
5: Yeah, look, like this week we saw, you know, the, the usual weekly energy statistics where the EIA, like you said, the Energy Information Administration, they come out with weekly stockpile data, and this week there was a gargantuan 19 million barrel build on crude oil. Now that was the third biggest uh, build in history. The first obviously being what happened in the pandemic when people were paying people to take oil off their hands. What a crazy time that was. And then the other one was when Texas came out of uh, a mass freeze and the refineries couldn't run. So there was a load of that was only a couple of years ago as well. So right now, the EIA looking at data in terms of stockpiles and thinking hmm, maybe it's not so good. Um, I again I, I feel like that, that is that is all reliant upon what happens in the EU. I think that they could pull in a lot of US oil, um, you know, to replace that stuff that the EU has banned. Uh so I, I again I think it's a little it's a little naive. But people are erring on the side of caution right now. You'd much rather Um, surprise people to the upside and disappoint them. Just
0: finally, uh, obviously, one of our headlines today, those US inflation figures are falling to their lowest in more than a year. A lot of analysts saying that's because of the sharp drop in energy prices. Correlation there, and is that something we will see moving forward?
5: Uh, It depends. I mean, uh, depends what happens with natural gas prices in that regard. I mean, they have been continuing, they've been dropping, Mm. um, like you said, Actually, fares have come down here. So the, the end user right now is starting to feel um, the positive effects of prices coming down over the last three or four months. Is it going to keep on that trajectory? I, I, I don't think it will, unfortunately. I, I think that inflation has started to cool down. People have, are not going out as much. You know, Christmas is over and uh, whatever January you want to be on, um, people are on. So, I think the will still will come off a little bit this month, but yeah. um you know going forward it's a, it's it's a, an issue regarding supply, so it could get higher from here, I think.
0: Matt Stanley, uh, thank you very much indeed for that. January always a difficult month, especially when you've got a birthday. Happy birthday weekend, my son, what are we up to?
5: <laughs> I, I can't remember what I did yesterday, so I need to figure that out first <laughs> and then figure out what I'm going to do the rest of the weekend. So um right. thank you for your thoughts.
0: The phone, the phone is open. See you for lunch. All right, then, uh, Stanis, thank you very much indeed. Matt Stanley from Kepler joining us live on the line for our regular look at all things energy. Just the highlights. This is the Bite sized Business Breakfast. So at the beginning of this year, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, Prime Minister and Ruler of Dubai, set out the UAE's five key priorities for the new year uh, during the first Cabinet meeting of 2023. One of those five was championing the environment and sustainability. Um a phrase but also a word sustainability that is that we've used so much in 2022 right here on the business breakfast why because every single business every single industry is under pressure to obviously recognize their esg goals and their sustainability goals question i have is are they doing that we were scratching our head as to work as to work out who to answer that question. And then, of course, we had that light bulb moment. Managing partner, EnviroServe, Stuart Fleming, joining us live in the studio. Stuart, I don't know if it's too late, but Happy New Year. Can we still say no, that? No, we can still say that, that all right, Tom? Tom? Yeah. yeah, it's good for me. It's good for me. <laughs> good to see you, as always. As Thanks always. very much indeed for joining us. Um, the reason I say that, well, 18 years now that EnviroServe has been championing all things uh, sustainability uh, and, of course, uh, growth through sustainability, Sustainability and opportunity through sustainability as well. Has the penny dropped yet for industry as a whole? I know that's a very wide-ranging question, but are people paying more attention now?
6: Let's start at the top then, Tom. Um, just a couple of months ago, we had a visit uh, by His Excellency Dr Sultan al-Jabba himself from the Ministry of Industry. And uh, it only took His Excellency 10 minutes uh, around the facility to, to see, wow, well, I didn't know this existed. I'm glad I'm here. This place needs to be filled. And that's uh, from an industry of of both uh, government and private. And yeah, 18 years um, of, of championing. And literally 2004, we opened even before beer, actually. So for, we are the pioneers in, in the sustainability side. Um, we're well-placed. Uh, we are, are continuing in 23, great plans in 23 to now be speaking, uh, various uh, lunches and, uh, and functions with multinationals that are starting to uh, to, to, to gear up and go, oh, we better do something about this. Not that it you know, costs anything, mm. um, but that uh, their ESG goals, their SDG goals, their compliance, their sustainability goals uh, are now hitting the Middle East uh, quite, uh, quite hard. So uh, it's important.
0: For those that don't know, Avara is the only R2 compliant waste, man- ma- waste management disposal and refurbishment company uh, serving consumers, uh, industrial corporate and otherwise here in the UAE. Um, across industry, therefore, helping to educate, but also helping to facilitate for those businesses and industries. Um, is it fair to say that for, for, for many years, it has been a box to be ticked by organisations? Are we now seeing a bit more proactivity when it comes to sustainability
6: exactly um, they're seeing the uh, many many visitors are coming especially again from those multinationals which is where we're, we're targeting uh they're seeing the center of excellence that uh, that we created um they're seeing that um for the government and for industry that the the days of a of afraid in a shed are, are, are gone those yeah you know, from 2019 onwards since we we uh, we created that uh, that facility of excellence of sustainability and Go to people uh, for that, you know, having been in this and pioneered and pushed, uh, pushed for sustainability, not just here, but in the region for 18 years, uh, you know, we kind of viewed as, hmm, okay, well, let's go and have a chat with EnviroServe. So there is a, um, a need now from the top level to have the rest of the companies and our clients' organizations toe the line, with sustainability.
0: Big year for sustainability, for ESG, for all things climate change uh, and green initiatives, none more so than building up to COP28 here in the UAE. Uh, Overnight, we've had the aforementioned Dr. Sultan al-Jabba as president-designate of the UN COP28 climate change sub being announced. How much of an impact is COP gonna have? It's going to be massive. It's again,
6: it's an Expo 2020 for for the UAE. The UAE has to showcase itself. Uh, as being sustainable. Uh, You've got nobody better but His Excellency Dr. Sultan uh, al-Jabra leading the way with uh, his team. Uh, I'm pleased to uh, be cooperating with them and and communicating with the ministry uh, to where we can all place ourselves to showcase the UAE, and not just the UAE, but the region, uh, is uh, is growing in its sustainability goals. I mean, um, industry, it's important for industry. We can import these raw materials and retain that wealth. So it's not just sustainability, it's economy as well for the
0: UAE. The goals are being set. Uh, The vision is being uh, dictated by the powers that be by the very highest of authorities here. When it comes down to businesses here, what's the biggest hurdle still? What's the biggest challenge that is preventing people from embracing those goals, embracing their sustainability? It's a mindset. The mindset
6: is one of the major ones, um, you know, and we keep sending the message out. It doesn't necessarily need to cost money. I mean, we now have a fully sustainable downstream audited compliant process for EV batteries. Let's, let's, let's think about how big they th- this, yeah. this market is needing. We've, placed, uh, we've put in place procedures and processes for EV batteries. We're talking about waste to oil. Uh, plastics to oil um, you know airbags uh, for the uh, for the, cl- the clear and uh, and compliant uh, destruction of of airbags, all sorts of things from our brand protection to the electronic waste side of things to the uh, refurbishment and the refrigerant gas um, so it 's important that that customers get that mindset that things can change, but
0: it needn't necessarily cost them any money. Yeah, the old challenge and hurdle of cost. Uh, finally, what well, we've got 30 seconds left for this. In terms of 2023, what's in the pipeline for EnviroServe? We've got massive plans.
6: Uh, we've just restructured uh,
0: the, um, the team to, to
6: meet our strategic objectives, the objectives, uh, uh, the strategy of the company I presented last week, very clear on one sheet of paper, people, uh, revenues and execution, Underneath that, strategic strategic objectives. One of them, obviously, is, uh, is our um, involvement this year with the COP28, and we're being asked by a number of, of authorities to do that, plus also uh, growth internationally.
0: So, cancel the vac- vacation for you, no, Brian, uh, again and the, rest again, of the team, yeah? Brian and myself, I think that's cancelling <laughs> again. Another year. Uh, Stuart Bless you. Thanks so much indeed for joining us live here in Stuart. Stuart Fleming is the managing partner of EnviroServe, joining us live here in the studio.